Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Check, 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 check. Hi, it works. Okay, good. Uh, how about the uh, chutzpah, the nerve, the temerity, the, wow, spoiled brat nature of Hunter Biden, he is going to sue Fox News. He's going to sue Fox News. How dare, how dare you talk about my laptop? He's suing Rudy Giuliani. How dare you talk about that filthy stuff I was engaged in? Uh, nobody stole it. Nobody hacked your computer. You lost the damn thing, pal. You lost it. Uh, what's that precedent? I think it's from the Supreme Court, 1926 or 27. Uh, I think the case is called Finders Keepers. <laughs> Finders Keepers. Finders versus Keepers. And, um, yeah, that's what happened. And he is actually threatening to sue uh, Tucker and a bunch of other guys because uh, I just, uh, what's the latest? Oh, uh, uh, $50,000. It was implied or it was said that. Hunter Biden was giving his father $50,000 a month to stay in that hotel. I remember that, or stay in that house in Wilmington. Remember? Uh, just a couple of weeks ago. That was out there for a bit. I treated it. I had a big grain of salt. I could not tell what the hell was going on, whether the money was going from uh, uh, Joe to Hunter or Hunter to Joe, or was it the house? Was it the office? Was it, I, I could not tell. Um, and they're going to sue because that was defamatory. Are you kidding me? That was like the nicest, kindest, best thing Hunter ever did compared to everything else. <laughs> you, he's going to sue for defamation after he defamed himself. He was, he was sleeping with his brother's wife, Haley, and they did crack together. Can, can you be defamed anything more than that? Oh, I guess you can, because uh, he was also at the same time uh, hooking up with his brother's wife's sister, yeah, that too. Her name is Elizabeth. They were hooking up. Man, this guy was totally out of control, totally and completely out of control. And remember, remember when Joe wagged his finger at us? 50, 50 former intelligence officials say that what he and Rudy Giuliani is talking about is a bunch of uh, Russia disinformation. That's exactly what they say. Exactly what they say. Um, Man, oh, man, oh, man. It's not going to work. I talked to a lawyer about that today, and this is the kind of thing that lawyers say. Uh, It's supposed to have a chilling effect on everybody else. You know, stop talking about the laptop. (laughs) Uh, It's not going to work. But if they actually did sue and went to court, they could say, well, a lot of people don't know this. A lot of people who have not been sued don't know this, but there's something called discovery. So if I get sued about something I say, that I believe is true, but they say it's not true, uh, I get to see all the stuff that I think is true. I They got to turn over all their emails, text messages. It's part of discovery. 
and if I have these, uh, if I have these suspicions, um, we got to see if my suspicions are well founded, and that means they got to turn over a bunch of stuff. Uh, anyway, they're finally acknowledging legal letters do not. They seem to be acknowledging that the laptop is Hunter Biden's, right? Uh, it's interesting that it's coming from their side finally. Let's see. Yeah, everybody knows it's Hunter Biden, and they're kind of finally acknowledging it, although I hear they're dancing all over that one, too. Uh, anyway, good to be back. It's Thursday, and did you see what I did last night on... Oh, this is new. The FBI, totally out of control at this point, will be uh, dropping by Mike Pence's house in Indiana. It's going to drop by and uh, uh, go from the basement to the attic looking for documents. Now, I'm no Mike Pence fan, but uh, this is getting totally and completely out of hand. You know, the FBI, you guys are supposed to help us out in a jam. We don't work for you. You work for us. You got that? I don't think they do, actually. Um, this is something that this is why President Trump was so vocal and outraged. You can't have the FBI just coming around, poking their head into anything they want, even using classified documents as an excuse. Classified documents. If you've never been in the government, you probably think, oh, classified documents, they must be very special. Oh, wow, classified. Have you ever seen anything classified? In all likelihood, you haven't. You just see it on TV. Mission impossible, right? This file will self-destruct. Good luck, Jim. Uh, most people hold classified documents. Oh, they're awe-inspiring. They're not. They're just a, it's just a bunch of paperwork that some bureaucrat, to cover his ass has stamped a secret. Uh, That's it. That's all. Oh, Hunter Biden just admitted that his laptop belonged to him. How can that be? 51 intelligence officials told us it was misinformation. God bless Representative Jim Jordan, Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, How about those 51 officials? Anyway, it's totally legit. We know that um, somebody owes John Paul Mac Isaac, the owner of that computer store, who just tried to do the right thing. You know, the first thing he did was turn that uh, laptop over to the FBI, who's, who made it go away. <laughs> and then, uh, when nothing happened, thought, thought it would be in the news, right? Hey, do you know what happened? He actually searched for the word Burisma. Ninety days went by after Hunter and his drunken state dropped that laptop off. He never came back, never claimed it. So a couple of months later, John Paul Mac Isaac puts the word Burisma. It's his computer at this point. Puts the word Burisma in the search, and a million things come up, and some of it is really over-the-top weird. He gets a little bit frightened. He knows, he thinks, he suspects there's criminal activity here. He turns it over to the FBI. The FBI says, thank you very much. Keep your mouth shut. Uh, more months go by. No one's talking about it. He knows this is political dynamite. So he sends it to Rudy Giuliani, guy who works uh, right here at WABC. Isn't that amazing? And Rudy Giuliani knows, gosh, great lawyer and uh, knows what's what. This is the biggest story of the campaign. Uh, They do their due diligence. They check it out. And the New York Post breaks the biggest story, really, of the past 100 years. And big tech and the FBI censor it. Big tech and the FBI censor it. The FBI applies pressure on Twitter, on Facebook, to not go with this story because it's Russia disinformation. So not only were former intelligence officials uh, pushing that lie that it was Russia disinformation, active duty government officials 
were saying the same thing, applying pressure, removing the oldest newspaper in the country from social media. You can't survive without social media if you're in the media business. You can't. Demonetizing them. Wow. Uh, I heard somebody say this morning, well, uh, the Republicans try to weaponize, weaponize the the laptop. Easy, easy, ease up with that word. And if you want to call it weaponizing, fine. That's okay. It's politics. This is one of the reasons why people don't run for office. Dirty laundry. It comes out, right? It sometimes, in, in fact, Joe Biden, in a rare prescient moment, uttered some wisdom all the way back in 1987 after he was caught lying his ass off during that campaign. He had to quit. And it was humiliating, and everybody thought he was done with politics forever. Um, but we are where we are. But anyway, here, here, listen to what he said back then. Cut 16, please. But I've learned one thing since I've decided to run for president. And I assume one thing. Everything about me, everything about me is going to come out in the public record. And I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Uh, wow. Wow. And he's just hobbling along. Yeah. You know how I feel about this. Uh, he has run afoul of Barack Obama and Susan Rice. And that's why the FBI has been unleashed on him. And they went to, well, where, where's the FBI been at this point? They've been to his office. They've been to his home. They've been to his garage and they've been to his summer home. I suspect they've also been to his other office in Philadelphia. Um, and whatever other little nooks and crannies this guy's got going. Hmm. Um, but now they're going to see Mike Pence as well. And this is where it gets dicey. I don't like these guys. Uh, I think they're playing games. I think they rigged it to uh, trip up Trump, especially Mike Pence, oh, by the way. But the FBI, uh, that's one of the things we love about Trump. As a sitting president, he never would have allowed this to happen. No, no way. No way. Somebody shows up, flashes a badge, and you say, uh, yeah, right this way, whatever you want. No, it doesn't work that way when you are the president of the United States, when you are in charge of an entire branch of government. You negotiate. You fight. You quibble. You do what you do. Sometimes these things go to the Supreme Court. You just don't lay down. Here's why I think Joe had to lay down, is he's begging for mercy here. There's a lot more going on than just secret documents. There's a lot more. This man is thoroughly corrupt. I am totally convinced. It's why he got the job. It's also why he's gone crazy, woke, left nonsense. Remember? Scranton Joe. Six-pack Joe. You know, regular guy Joe. Construction workers, they love Joe. Would anybody have recognized Joe Biden, this Joe Biden, the 2022 Joe Biden, 2023, whatever, when he goes and, and, and kisses up to the, to the radical woke left with this crazy crap. Like this, for instance, cut 20. I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. Yep. John Kennedy said, we'll go to the moon. And this guy's talking to uh, transgender kids, all six of them in the country. And he wants to talk to you and he wants you to be able to use whatever bathroom you want. The boys use the girls room. Girls use the bathroom. Hey, I want everybody to live up to their God given potential. Uh, 
but don't rely on the federal government for that. This guy wants to uh, talk to kids. Have you seen Joe around kids or old ladies for that matter or uh, 20-something women? Uh, He can't be trusted. (laughs) He just can't be trusted. Uh, So that's a radical leftist, somebody who talks like that and somebody who blows off the border. Why would middle-class, lunch-pail Joe adopt this crazy, woke agenda? Well, there are a couple things going on. Number First and foremost, he has felt disrespected for a very long time. Even the vice presidency of the United States, he really felt he was better than Obama in a lot of different ways. It's kind of insulting to Joe, very insulting to Joe Biden that they went with Obama as the nominee in 2008 and not Joe. Uh, Joe Biden got to the United States Senate in 1972 when Barack Obama was 11 years old. (laughs) And he gets to be uh, the vice president to this guy's president. Uh, That never sit well with him. And now he wants to be a more impactful, uh, what do you call it, transformational figure in history, more so than Barack Obama. So he'll go insanely left. But he also doesn't have a choice because part of the deal when they allowed him to be president, when they chose him, not the people, but the Clyburn, Obama, Rice, when they said, okay, you're going to be the guy, you got to do what we say, and you got to get out after uh, one term. Well, he's been doing what they say because he doesn't care about anything. But he likes the, you know, he likes being president. There's prestige, there's comfort, there's protection, and he wants to hold on to that. So Joe has gone rogue. Joe wants to keep this office. And when he went down to St. Croix over Christmas and told the world, I'm going to think about it, uh, running for president, that made a couple of people angry. The wrong two people got very angry, Susan Rice and Barack Obama. You think this is up to you? (laughs) It's not. It's not. So he's gone rogue. And they unleashed. uh, This is is an Obama operation. They unleashed the FBI on him. They're not done yet. Uh, Joe cannot be the nominee, will not be the nominee, and probably will not make it four years. It's pretty amazing to watch what's happening uh, and sad, actually, at the same time. I'll be right back. Thank you. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You want to be a tough guy? Well, let's get rid of qualified immunity and see if you learn the same manners you have on the white side of town. You'll have some manners on the black side of town. Hey, Al Sharpton. Very appropriate remarks at a funeral, don't you think? A eulogy delivered by a man who never met the dead man. (laughs) He and his uh, crooked wingman there, Ben Crump, the two of them, ambulance chasers, ambulance chasers. It's funny you don't hear that uh, that label, that phrase anymore, ambulance chasers, because so many are. It's gone mainstream. It's been normalized, okay? Um, that funeral for Tyree Nichols, who, again, should not have died. My gosh, what they did to him, murdered him, murdered him. Um, but I didn't know who Tyree, or Ty, Ty, Tyree Nichols was uh, the day before he died. I only found out about him post-mortem. Um, should that funeral have been on... National television, two hours on two different networks, MSNBC and CNN. They, there have been funerals for governors, senators, heads of state um, that did not receive that kind of attention. <laughs> for some reason, Walter Mondale's name appeal, just entered in my head. Um, page 20 in the newspaper? I mean, it's just like... We've kind of lost our mind here, right? 
Um, and I'm reminded, and I pointed out to everybody on my Newsmax show at 10 o'clock, that Al Sharpton, that this guy wasn't canceled after the horrific stuff he has said over the years, horrible, horrible stuff, has gotten away with it. It just, uh, it's Reverend Al. We know this guy. We know what a racist he is. We know he's a horrible racist hustler, right? Don't we? We, we know that. Um, but a lot of other people don't. They're still new to it. And let's see here. Here we have him. It's back in the 1980s. Oh, some of his greatest hits. Cut 31, please. Cut 31. I would love to use love, but if I've got to use hate, I'll deal with my hand calls for. Um, he was the first part was talking about killing pigs, cops, and if you don't do that, you don't have courage. That's Al Sharpton, right? And he goes to these funerals on a pl- private jet, on a private jet. Um, and this this man has a uh, show on MSNBC. Isn't that kind of wild? And Brian Williams. <laughs> Uh, Brian Williams told some tall tales, but um, I don't think he was an anti-Semitic cop hater. He does not have a show on MSNBC anymore, but Al Sharpton does. You think society has kind of uh, lost its mind a little bit? Michael is on the phone from St. Paul, Minnesota. Michael, hello. Hey, Greg. First time caller, uh, longtime fan of your show and WABC. I uh, just wanted to add uh, and to your listeners, um, uh, another area of destabilizing our country that's going on when talking about Rule 20 and uh, uh, and the situation that is uh, happening, I think, uh, all over the country. Hey, Michael, Michael, do me a favor. Stay with us because this is an important point. There's the music. Do we, can, You got a couple of moments? Got a couple of minutes? Can you hang on? Yes, sir. All right, we'll pick it up on the other side. Michael from St. Paul, Minnesota has something to say, and I want to hear it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Word is that Senator Tim Scott, Republican of South Carolina, he's going to run for president. Um, I don't think that's a good idea, actually. Uh, Tim Scott got a lot of promise. Uh, what's the rush? What has he done? What has he done? You know what the worst training in the world is for executive experience? Legislative experience. Being a United States senator. And the old saying goes, uh, every senator looks in the mirror and sees a future president. And I guess uh, Tim Scott is said to have fallen prey to this. He's going to run for president. Tim Scott. Well, um, I like a lot of his positions, I just don't think he's got what it takes to be president. He doesn't have the resume to be president. I mean, I need a guy who has done some stuff. I don't want to hear from somebody telling me about all the stuff they did. I want to know already. Your accomplishments, your um, credentials should be so stupendously awesome that you don't even have to talk about them. And we have had very few people like that. One of them, of course, Donald Trump. We all knew he was a master builder. We all knew that. We knew it in our bones. We saw it. And that gave him like tremendous authority and credibility right off the bat. And he was able to talk about the issues. And Tim Scott, 
uh, and I'm looking at his background here, is just, well, you know, let's see here. He was on uh, the Mercer County. What was he? He was like a local, not a not an assemblyman. What's beneath an assemblyman? He was a county, uh, sorry about this. He was a member of the Charleston County Council from the 3rd District for 14 years. I want to do that job for 14 minutes. What a boring job. Um, no, I mean, you look, you need people for these jobs. Then he goes from that to being in the House of Representatives for one term, and then he makes the big leap uh, to the—no, uh, I'm sorry, two terms. And then he makes the big leap to the United States Senate. Um, if you work, say— on the Long Island Railroad, and you've been there for more than five years, you probably have more people working for you than a United States senator. You've got more executive experience than uh, Tim Scott. And Nikki Haley, I'll get to you in a second. I I did a number on her last night. Lots of people have noticed. Uh, I want to go back to Michael in St. Paul, Minnesota. He was just talking about... well, welcome back, Michael. Uh, <laughs> I know it was important. Will you? T- what's on your mind today? Thanks, Greg. I want to just give, again, our, your listeners another example of what I think is uh, the continuing destabilization of America. Uh, and and uh, when uh, local judges, local uh, uh, courts are, uh, you know, ruling or issuing a rule 20 uh, evaluation, psychological evaluation for uh, convicted or or defendants of of, uh, misdemeanors and and felonies. And uh, when they do this, uh, they are uh, asking for a psychological evaluation to uh, see if the defendant can either stand uh, for his charges uh, and, and and rule in either being incompetent or competent uh, uh, to stand and to be uh, uh, sentenced. And so uh, last week um, I was in court uh, and uh, the initial hearing for the uh, Rule 20 uh, defendant uh, that got his eighth Rule 20 evaluation after uh, he shot my son, uh, a police officer here uh, in the Twin Cities uh, in the line of duty. And um, uh, I'm very upset about it. Uh, It's a problem. And uh, when uh, they're releasing these people back into the communities uh, and uh, and, uh, furthermore, uh, the Department of Health has uh, uh, restricted the number of beds to support these people so that they can get the help that they need. And it's just uh, a real problem, and I want to make people aware of it. All right. Hey, uh, hold on a second. Uh, how is your – I'm, I'm sorry. I hope he – did he survive? He did. He's, uh, he, we, he just got out yesterday, um, uh, and it's just an absolute miracle. that. Uh, what, when when, when was he shot? What happened? Uh Last uh, Tuesday, he uh, uh, was uh, issuing a warrant for the arrest for this guy that uh, um, missed a court date uh, for his seventh uh, Rule 20 evaluation and, and update. And um, uh, and uh, when he was standing in, uh, you know, uh, 
the, the apartment, uh, the, uh, the the defendant to you know shot through the door three times and hit Ryan uh, below the the vest uh, in, into his midsection. Uh, he went into surgery and and uh, you know uh, we're just so thankful that uh, he walked out of the hospital yesterday. Is this uh, White Bear Lake? That's correct. I'm looking at it right now. You just gave me enough information. A White Bear Lake police officer was shot three times late Tuesday uh, by a man yeah. they were trying to arrest in an open 2021 case. The wounded veteran officer was hospitalized, stable condition, okay. Uh, injuries not life-threatening. That's good. The shooting suspect here, 33-year-old Daniel Holmgren, was arrested after an hours-long standoff with authorities at his apartment and then booked into the Ramsey County Jail early Wednesday on suspicion of attempted murder. He is also being held on an outstanding Ramsey warrant. Uh, uh, Wow. Wow. All right. So Rule 20. Well, I don't don't understand Rule 20, to be honest. I'm looking at Rule 20. Uh, I'm looking at the guy who apparently shot uh, your son. I, I, it's the, a, it's, go it's ahead. A court order uh, evaluation, psychological evaluation for him to stand trial for his charges. And they'll put him, what's going to happen here is they're going to put this guy down in the mental hospital in St. Peter. He's going to continue to bluff the system about being incompetent and, and stay in that nice little uh uh, you know, mental hospital. Is it possible? Is it Saint possible? Peter. Is it possible the guy is uh, insane? He is uh, in a lot of ways, and and a lot of the folks know it. But he's playing the system, and and I'm just uh, you know what what do we not know about this guy now that the and when the judge is looking at his record on Friday morning and and orders an eighth evaluation is my problem. And, I, and this is where I'm saying if, if they're part of the destabilization of our, of our society, this is, this is coming from Keith Ellison, our attorney general. Oh, this gosh, yeah. Mayorkas. This is, this is uh, you know, Garland. This is uh, January 6th. This is, this is the same crap. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm really getting tired of it, and I just wanted to share that with you. I so appreciate it. Um, those, uh, Keith Ellison is a bad guy. Uh, can, can you tell us, you care to share the name of your son, Ryan, you said? Yes, sir. And yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, the story's up on, uh, WABC or I'm sorry, the ABC. No, no, it's all over. Uh, uh, let me ask you this though. Uh, what's it looking like? What's his prognosis? Uh, shot three times well, last week, but he's home now. So, uh, that's a good sign. What, what, what does he have to do next? Long road recovery. Um, you know, a lot of physical and mental healing that's going to have to go on here. Uh, wife and three kids, uh, just absolutely horrible. Yikes. That is tough. How old is he? Uh, 39. Damn. Uh, yep. I assume that it's, uh, wrong. it's totally wrong. And let's face it, uh, <laughs> society kind of lost its mind three years ago. I guess he was on active duty during George Floyd, right? Correct. Yeah, down on the front line there, too. Hey, um, is it me or <laughs> wasn't it kind of an overreaction to George Floyd? And uh, we set our country back decades as far as race relations go. Uh, by the way, uh, race relations have nothing to do with your case. I, I see here that the uh, the defendant happens to be a white man. 
So, but I just want to get your uh, opinion. You're right there in Minneapolis. You saw what went down in the aftermath. Everybody calling everybody a racist. I just feel like it was a overreaction nationwide. Yep, Governor Tim Walz didn't do his job. Uh, you know, Ellison didn't do his job. They stoked the flames. Kamala Harris put up a bail fund for the guys that uh, Antifa and, the, and those non-Minnesotans the, that were in town here to create this kind of problem. George Floyd was full of enough fentanyl, that, you know, to kill ten people, and he, and the way that they treated those officers is is equally as as bad. Hey, listen, a lot of what you just said happens to be in my new book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Um, while your son is recovering, um, it would be my honor to send him a copy um, that he could read, uh, you know, because he's going to be uh, – you don't mind? Thank you. Oh, I'd love that. All yeah. right. Do me a favor. I'm going to put you on hold, and they're going to get your uh, your information, and I really appreciate you calling today, Michael. Best to your son, and I will be in touch, okay? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Um, I really got to do that. All right, so you guys make sure. All right. Um, sometimes it takes me a while to actually, but this one will 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 put to bed very very soon. It's important. Wow, imagine that. Um, just doing your job, and you can get shot. I mean, cops get shot all the time, all the time, all the time. Hey, we had a close call. One of our reporters, John Glasgow, he works at Newsmax. Uh, he was surrounded by a bunch of Antifa. He was surrounded by a bunch of Antifa, and they were hassling him and, and pushing umbrellas into his face. Um, really crazy stuff. You, it was on my uh, my show last night. And, oh, I do have to do this, and I should have asked Michael about it, but um, Elon Omar, she's a congresswoman from, from Minnesota. She thinks she was just ejected from the Foreign Affairs Committee because uh, she's Muslim and she was born in Somalia. It has absolutely nothing to do with that, nothing at all to do with it. Personally, some of my favorite conservatives in the whole world happen to be um, people of color from foreign lands. Uh, let's see. I really like, um, he did the 10,000 uh, Mules movie. I like Harmie Dillon. She's amazing. Hey, Ted Cruz is foreign-born, technically. Um, Dinesh D'Souza. <laughs> Uh, nobody brighter in the conservative movement. It's not about race. It's not about ethnicity. It's not about religion. It's about your corrupt ideas, Elon Omar. But watch her. She did this. She created the whole spectacle, uh, made herself into a victim and a martyr on the floor of the House of Representatives. Let me hear this. Today, it's about who gets to be an American. What opinions do we get to have, do we have to have to be counted as Americans. This is what this debate is about, Madam Speaker. There is this idea that you are a suspect if you are an immigrant, or if you are from certain parts of the world, or a certain skin tone, or a Muslim. Press pause. It is no Press accident. pause. I just gotta reiterate, it's none of those things. This is the country of people from all over the place. Everybody's got a story. Gotta come here legally, of course. Uh, uh, listen to how she's disparaging us, calling us racist. Now, the reason why we don't like her and the reason why she was just removed from this committee is because she's an anti-Semite and she made jokes about September 11th. Remember that. Keep going, though. That members of the Republican Party accused the first 
black president Barack Obama of being a secret Muslim. It is no accident that former President Donald Trump led a birther movement that falsely claimed he was born in Kenya. Stop for a second. Be- Tonight on my Newsmax show, and I may do it later in the next hour. Um, hey, by the way, we can have a Muslim president. But reasonable people could have observed Barack Obama and questioned whether or not he was being straight with us about his faith. And I cite, and <laughs> that's the part, it's the dishonesty, it's the potential deception. Now, he told George Stephanopoulos, uh, he spoke about my Muslim faith. That's what he said. George Stephanopoulos had to correct him. He said, you mean your Christian faith? And he's like, uh, 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 yeah, my Christian faith. Uh, looking through his own autobiography, he, he, it seems to be a coin toss, actually. He talks about this. He did two years in Muslim school and two years in Catholic school. And he seemed to like Muslim school a little bit more than Catholic school. Uh, I don't know if you can make any takeaway, but he didn't actually come out and say he was a Christian. He didn't come out and say he was a Muslim. Uh, But there's enough there for some people, decent people, to wonder. You can wonder. Doesn't make you a racist. If he were a Muslim, he could have been... I don't even know what that actually entails, to be honest. I have no problem with it. It's fine. It's fine. Just be straight with us. What else? What else? Because to them, falsely labeling the first and only president of the United States of America, a Muslim and African immigrant, somehow made him less American. Uh, Stop. You know where he got uh, that idea, Donald Trump? From the Hillary Clinton campaign. Just so you know, Ilan Omar... Enjoy whatever obscure committee assignment you got. I want to pick that up when I come back. Thank you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, man, did I actually remove from contention Nikki Haley? I did about 10 minutes on her last night on the Newsmax show, getting a lot of attention. More on that in a moment. I got to wrap up this Elon Omar thing. Uh, Can we pick up from where we left off? Here she is whining and complaining on the House floor just a little while ago before she gets booted from the Foreign Affairs Committee because we don't want her on that committee. It's one of the most important, vital, sensitive committee positions a member of Congress can have, and she does not belong on it. Why? She's an anti-Semite, and she made fun of September 11th, okay? Period. Has nothing to do with whatever faith she is and wherever the hell she came from, okay? Uh, Let's go ahead. Let's pick it up, if you don't mind. Go. Well... I am Muslim. I am an immigrant. And interestingly, from Africa. So? Is anyone surprised that I am being targeted? (laughs) Is anyone surprised that I am somehow deemed unworthy to speak about American foreign policy? Stop. Actually, the only reason why you're being targeted and that you are, yes, unworthy to be Uh, speaking about American foreign policy and in any way representing American foreign policy are your horrific anti-Semitic views and and uh, the 9-11 stuff. All right. Now, I think she's going to warm up. She's going to accuse the she's going to accuse her accusers of being anti-Semitic. I think that's what she's getting at here. Uh, Keep going. That they see me as a powerful voice that needs to be silenced. Hey, Frankly, what about, it is expected. What about George Santos? Because when you push power, 
power pushes back. Ooh. Representation matters. Continuing to expand our ideas of who is American and who can partake in the American experience, experiment, is a good thing. I am an American. An American who was sent here. Sent here? Wait. An S- this is interesting. An American who was sent here. I'm going to hear the rest of this. American who was sent here by her constituents to represent wait, 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 wait. them in Congress. Ah, okay. She's talking about the people. She, she's talking about those crazy people in Minnesota who elected her. Uh, not impressed. Not impressed. I got a little bit. Dave, you want to say something about Elon Omar? Hey, Dave, how are you? The, no, the other, the, no, other, the, 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 the no, no, the other day, the day from Great Neck. Here I am, Greg. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you, man? What's going on? My brother, how are you? Listen, I thought that was a class act to give that guy that father a book, by the way. You're really a class act. Such a terrible thing was going on. Yeah, Elon Omar. Let me ask something. You know, you know pretty much what everything. Didn't huh. Elon Omar become a citizen through marrying her brother? Yeah, I heard that story. <laughs> I heard that story. <laughs> uh, what uh, she seems a little bit crazy and uh, definitely way too anti-Semitic and uh, just does not you know, doesn't share our values. You know what I mean? Somebody who makes fun of nine eleven laughs about it. Uh, that 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 uh, that's that's enough for me. Um, she thinks she's a a big shot because of her ethnicity and her faith and uh, her country of origin. I still don't know what it is. That doesn't matter. You know, America, people come from all over the world here. That's what we do. Right, Dave? A hundred percent. She's a disgrace. And I hope they see they keep her off. She's really a gross lady. Uh, and I agree with everything that you said. You're a hundred percent correct. All right, Dave. Dave, by the way, this is the same Dave. If you ever heard of It's Easy, the passport company, uh, it is easy. You can get your passports through Dave. Uh, it's, a, it's a wild service. How long does it take to get a passport? If I'm going to go to... Uh, Visit whatever country um, she's from. I think it's Somalia. Um, oh, my God. Uh, how long would it take me if I didn't have a passport to get a passport through? It's easy. Well, listen, uh, we can get a few in a few days if you needed it. We can get a few uh, the same day if you needed it. It's expensive. The government cut down the amount of slots available. But anything is possible. I'd rather do a much more affordable program and get a few in a few weeks. So All right. No, I got a passport. Greg? I got a passport, but I, I've seen it before. People are people don't know. Also, I think people forget if you're leaving the country and your passport expires, say in three months, and you're only going away for a two week vacation, they won't let you leave if your if your passport expires. in, in how many months is it, Dave? Well, the, the, mo- most countries are enforcing the six month rule, but they uh, some countries, some friendlier countries are relaxing re- that and making it three months. So they they it used to always be six months, but they they never enforce it, but now they do. So three, six months and three months. All right, Dave. It's easy. It's a great service, by the way. And uh, uh, we appreciate it, Dave. Dave is the brother of Sandra, one of our favorites. Thank you, pal. And uh, there's the music. i got to go. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What did Joe Biden say one more time? Huh? Mm. Not. Normal. Not normal. Too many things going on right now are not normal. Absolutely. Uh, Wall Street Journal reporting that the the FBI will be dropping by Mike Pence's house in a little bit to search for documents. All, of course, with the permission of the former vice president. Uh, 
What's happening here is the swamp is caught in its own trap. In its own trap, some busy-bodied jerk from the National Archives on January 20th of 2021 was sitting there watching TV, um, celebrating the departure of Donald Trump, looking to make trouble. He sees two guys, 30-something guys, walking out of the White House, Donald Trump's last day in office, with what? Boxes. Isn't that what you see when you're moving out? People moving boxes? And this busy-body jerk from the National Archives says, what the hell's in those boxes? I demand to know. Looking to make trouble because they got this whole thing called the Presidential Records Act. And if some official wants to make a big deal about one of their rules, boy, that's what they love to do. You know, making a federal case out of something, making a mountain out of a molehill. That's what these guys do. And one thing leads to another and letters are exchanged. And okay, these documents, okay, where are they? President Trump has every right to them. He showed up at Mar-a-Lago as president on January 20th, 2021. Nobody knows that but me. I've documented it. I showed it. Nobody thought to mention it. The president, actually, President Trump, saw what I reported and uh, makes this point himself, that when he went to Mar-a-Lago, he was president of the United States during his presidency and on the last day of his presidency. He got there at 1130 in the morning. He was still president of the United States. Could have taken with him every shred of paper in the United States government if he felt like it for the last 15 minutes of his presidency. He had every single right to look at that stuff and to declassify and keep whatever the hell he wanted. He's the president of the United States. He doesn't need some geek's permission at the National Archives or at Langley, Virginia, okay? Didn't need any of that stuff. Man, it makes me sick. But, uh, yeah, caught in their own trap. Because it's the kind of thing you can really get anybody on except the president of the United States. Except the president. The president of the United States essentially is the government. You know, the Constitution doesn't say anything about the National Archives. It says a whole lot about presidential power, though. All right? Remember that. Yeah. Because these classified documents, as I said earlier, bureaucrats stamp classified on the weather report. It's the easiest thing. It's basically like if you work for the federal government at a high level, it's kind of like getting your taxes audited, right? It's a pain in the neck. You hope you did everything right. Maybe, you know, who knows, right? It's kind of a, gosh, if they want to find something, they'll find something. And they can either make a big deal out of it or they can try to understand the context and then move on. Uh, and now uh, it's cats out of the bag. <laughs> I think they regret the whole plot against Trump. They ought to. They ought to. Uh, Nikki Haley won't be seeing her no more. Everybody was jumping up and down. I wonder if she's still going to co- go through with it. Uh, this, these are the headlines about Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, later became the U.N. ambassador, which is really a totally nothing job. You don't go from that to being president of the United States. I know George Herbert Walker was a U.N. ambassador once, like 20 years before he became vice president. It's no big deal. It's not a stepping stone, really. It's not a real stepping. Uh, Anyway, Nikki Haley, everyone's excited. Cut 22. Republican Nikki Haley is planning a presidential run. Former U.N. ambassador and South Carolina governor Nikki Haley is preparing to announce her run for president. Nikki Haley is reversing course and preparing to challenge Donald Trump for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. 
uh, reversing course, you think? You think? I found this little scrap of video, uh, which apparently was pretty hard to find. I I just happened upon it, but other people have looked for it and didn't look out. But here she is, April of 2021, saying that she has no intention to do what she is now doing. Cut 23. Still has a lot of popularity. If he runs again in 2024, will you support him? Yes. If he decides that he's going to run, would that preclude any sort of run that you would possibly make yourself? I would not run if President Trump ran. That was April 2021. And I do believe that that clip right there makes her ineligible to be a candidate, uh, certainly ineligible to be a successful candidate. It's not going to happen. And under normal circumstances where she's being honest, she's oozing with praise for Donald Trump. Cut 24. Donald Trump has always put America first, and he has earned four more years as president. With his leadership, we did what Barack Obama and Joe Biden refused to do. We stood up for America and we stood against our enemies. This president has a record of strength and success. All right. That's uh, I agree. I agree. But then uh, you had that job and you got nervous. Something weird happened. Something very weird happened when she stepped down from the from that job. Uh, what was it again? U.N. ambassador. You get to raise your hand to vote on things. Um, here's the day she left the job and she's actually in the Oval Office with uh, President Trump. This is October of 2018. Cut 25, please. The main thing was I was governor for six years and we dealt with a hurricane, a thousand year flood, a church shooting, a school shooting. There was a lot. And then to come in and do two years of Russia and Iran and North Korea, it's been eight years of intense time. And I'm a believer in term limits. I think you have to be selfless enough to know when you step aside and allow someone else to do the job. So thank you, Mr. President. It's been an honor of a lifetime. Oh, wow. Even in resigning, she's uh, selfless, selfless. She's being selfless by honoring term limits. Uh, going through the um, <laughs> the math here, uh, she was six years as governor. I don't think she actually finished her obligation, which was she got elected once, elected twice, two terms. She leaves after two years. Uh, you can look it up. You can look it up and you can try to find any indication whatsoever about the U.N. secretary, U.N. Uh, ambassador being term limited. They're not term limited. You serve at the pleasure of the president. Did you do something to uh, annoy him? <laughs> you did plenty to annoy me, including uh, fueling that fake news fantasy that Donald Trump somehow said that neo-Nazis and white supremacists were good people. You remember you, you put that in your book. You said he said dangerous things. Well, here's what Donald Trump really said in the aftermath of Charlottesville. Cut 26, please. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. <laughs> I mean, how much more explicit, right? Oh, he was sending a dog whistle, a dog whistle. Donald Trump is not the kind of person who needs to speak in code, if you know what I mean, right? He's pretty blunt. He's pretty out there. So Nikki Caley is going to run for president, they say. I don't know about that. I don't know if it's a done deal. So a couple of months ago, she was in Las Vegas talking to the Jewish coalition, bragging about all this stuff. And I'm sorry, but talk about cornball. And she's exaggerating. You got to remember that she's a career politician. 
So that means she exaggerates. She claims credit for everything, everything, even if she had nothing to do with it. She had nothing to do with about she's what she's about to talk about. But again, the cornball, corn, just so corny. This is not gonna. This is not gonna play outside of uh, the sticks. I'm sorry. That's how I feel. Cut twenty seven, please. We made South Carolina number one in foreign investment in the entire country. And by the time I left. We were building planes with Boeing. We were building more BMWs than any place in the world. We had recruited Mercedes-Benz, Volvo. We had five international tire companies, and our unemployment had hit a 15-year low. They were referring to us as the beast of the Southeast, which I loved. Oh, you go, girl. The Beast of the Southeast. I get it. That rhymes. I also get that uh, BMW signed an agreement with South Carolina in 1992 when you were in college. I also see that uh, Boeing made arrangements to do business in 2006. I don't even think you were a state legislator at that point. Uh, Mercedes, that's the story throughout. But that's what they do. They they claim credit for the sun going up, right? It's classic, classic, classic. All right. I don't think that's going to be a big deal. And the thing is, though, maybe more people running for president helps Trump. You heard about that, right? Some of the political eggheads will will say that they'll they'll say that uh, the more people running, uh, the, the the field is fractured, and uh, that somehow helps Trump. I don't know about that, but. Um, we'll see. Uh, DeSantis, is she going to do it? Uh, bad move, pal. Bad, bad, bad move. Not your time. No way. All right. It's almost time. Why don't I just check in real quick with uh, Ralph in Mamaroneck. Hi. Hey, Greg. How you doing? Uh, I wanted to explain to you why the Department of Justice went and did what they did to the Biden papers. You and rest of the reporters on television are totally missing the point. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, no, but thank you. Don't be so insulting and condescending to me, okay? No, 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 Greg, I love it. All right, all right. I'm sorry. I I don't mean to be so sensitive. Keep going. I know, I know, but hear me out. So they raided this unannounced, no big deal. You know why? Everybody thinks it's because to make it look like equal justice. Wrong. They did this in order to protect Biden and his son by claiming there's an investigation. No, I know that. I know that. Ralph, I'm sorry, but I've I've made this point before uh, that, yes, it it precludes congressional committees from getting documents. It, It hinders their investigation so they can always point to the DOJ investigation, which they can claim takes precedence. Is that your point? What can we do? What can we do? What what can what what can we do? What can you do? What can I, the American people do? The voters it, when this. Uh, you know what? You know what? We can go out and vote, but I don't know if that's uh, if that works anymore. You know, I just don't it's know. It, I, it's what obstruction by the Department of Justice by by Gar Merrick Gar. So why why isn't he being brought up on? This is incredible. It's like the. Now listen, we got to give. Uh, uh, you know, Republicans are in charge of the House. We got to give uh, Jim Jordan and. Uh, Speaker McCarthy, and quite frankly, have you seen that guy lately? He's on fire. I love him. I love him. So let's see how all this plays out. I do think the Department of Justice is up to no good, but I also think this ultimately wasn't done to help Biden. This, I believe, that's an interesting theory, and I proffered it myself, but I really think this was an Obama operation to take Joe out. 
to render him unrenominatable at the very least. Uh, I understand. One last thing. Here's the question: Why? Who would who would go in and and grab papers? Why would you go grab papers when no one knew they were even there? This was done intentionally. Yeah, I hear you, man. Totally. And we still don't know why Joe Biden was having a thousand dollar an hour lawyers clear out the Penn Biden Center. Phony scam job, by the way, uh, in November, November 2nd. Although a guy I know who has the best sources in the world and knows that world, knows the swamp. He gave me a tip. He said, find out who the lawyer was who found the document and that will tell you who's behind this thing. So I looked it up. His name is Patrick Miller, and he was a lawyer who worked for Bing, 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 Barack Obama from 2015 to 2017. That's the guy. It's an Obama operation. I am convinced. They want Joe out so they can nominate Michelle. That's the grand plan. Michelle Obama 2024. A nightmare, I know. Thanks, Ralph. Uh, Sorry I got so touchy. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello. We know how to work the radio station yet? What's going on? All right. Um, Did you hear about this councilwoman from New Jersey? Eunice Dwumfour found dead with multiple gunshot wounds in her car. Sayerville, New Jersey, Councilwoman Eunice Dwumfour from Sayerville was shot and killed in her car Wednesday night. Dwumfour, 30, was found inside her car with multiple gunshot wounds on Samuel's Circle just before 7.30 p.m. Police say they believe the Newark native was the intended target of the shooting but do not have a clear motive. They think her car traveled about 100 feet before slamming into two parked cars. Dwumfour, she was elected to the council in 2022. The Republican defeated an incumbent Democrat to begin a three-year term on the borough council. She was also a business analyst and part-time EMT. Governor Murphy said no one can remember the last time a sitting politician was fatally shot in the state. We can't remember uh, who that is, Murphy said Thursday. It's just shocking, a shocking development. I'll say so. Word of the killing spread quickly overnight through the political community in the state, which has some of the strictest gun laws in the country. Hmm. Hmm. Very pretty woman, by the way. What a tragedy. How awful. We don't know the motive here. I notice she's a Republican. I also notice that uh, his story isn't the biggest story around right now. Hmm. Hmm. I remember just a couple of weeks ago, a Democrat election official in New Mexico, somebody shot BBs at her front wall, and that was on the nightly news. They went bananas with that story. Why? Because the, uh, the alleged gunman was a Republican, a Republican office seeker. And we don't know what was... Behind this, no idea at this point whether or not it's political. But you can (laughs) count on it. If this were a Democrat, this would have been a white supremacy, racist, uh, uh, hard right, uh, revenge killing. Anyway, very, very tragic. Just 30 years old. Uh, Eunice Dwumfour. 
Uh, so sorry to hear that. Yikes. Yikes, 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 yikes. Um, can I check in with Mike for a moment? He's been on hold for a million years. Hi, Mike. Mike at the top. Yep. Yep. There you are. What's up? Mikey? Greg? Yeah, hi. Okay. Um, I I think they should uh, recognize uh, Ashley Babbitt Day on January 6th. And? And also the five officers, so the um, Capitol Police officers who committed suicide. I find that kind of strange. Okay. Uh, it would be something to look into and to see if any of those police officers were by Babbitt when she got shot. See if any of those guys are part of the suicide uh, victims. Yeah, the suicides. You know those I mean? are totally weird. Totally weird. The way the whole thing has been handled. Quite frankly, handing out medals posthumously to those guys is also weird, as it was for Michael Byrd. Thank you, Mike. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's basically famous for being very dumb, had another uh, meltdown. Boy, oh boy, she's had some real tantrums. Uh, Remember that stunt down there at the border? What else has she done? Uh, last year, she was wearing this white suit and she was flapping her arms. I mean, a little tantrum like you haven't seen in a four-year-old, right along those lines. And today, she got all upset about the Elon Omar, and I think she had some nasty things to say about white men. Uh, can I? Is this ready to go? All right, let's uh, let's uh, the AOC from this morning. Don't tell me that this is about an abdi- a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks. When you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color mm. in, the, in the United States of America. Don't yeah. tell me because I didn't get a single apology. Play that race card. Thank you. Play that Don't race card. That this is about- Don't tell me. Playing that race card, boy. Well, the race card works many for a lot of a lot of folks. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I once asked her about that Jewish space laser rumor. Um, I don't believe she's an anti-Semite. I know she's not an anti-Semite. Um, and a Jewish space laser, if in fact that is what she talked about, uh, eh, whatever. Elon Omar made fun of September 11th. And said Jews are well known for being greedy. All right, that's that's Jewish space laser. I don't know what the hell she's talking about. I do also know this: Marjorie Taylor Greene was denied committee assignments for uh, two years. <laughs> she hasn't been on a committee. She hasn't been on a committee for two years. How about that one, huh? How about that one? Hey, Tom Brady is gone. Isn't it interesting that y- that was yesterday morning, and it was like a really it was the biggest story in the universe for about seventeen minutes, and then it just dissipates. I remember the Super Bowl when the Super Bowl was played. People talked about it for days, three days. You talk about Monday morning quarterback, at least in my world. I know the sports uh, lunatics take this a little bit further, but mainstream people, I mean, like those who are not diehard in and out. We, even we got into the Super Bowl, but it's all over. It's all over by 8 the next morning. Uh, Tom Brady called it quits. And I do admire this guy. 
let's face it, everybody's a little bit jealous of Tom Brady, you know? Quarterback, all those victories, great-looking guy, rich. But uh, he works like hell. Cut 28, please. Cut 28. I've always tried to be very consistent and dependable. And knowing that the team was going to get a certain level of performance out of me every day, not just in the games, but in practice as well, because they need to count on me and they got to trust me. You got to show up every day with a great attitude, with a great commitment to winning. You know, there's really no days off. There's an intensity to what we're trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, if you want to be truly great, you got to bring it every day. I like it. I like it. And that's what I heard about this guy, too. He worked like that in his uh, in the offseason. Just you know, never a day off. I think that's what bothered Giselle, by the way. Um, all right, here he is thanking everybody. Can I hear that, please? Cut 29. Thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Very nice. Very nice. Good, but not great, quite frankly. I'm sorry. I know. I got a bit of a hard time for pointing this out, but, but, but I will. Uh, First of all, obviously, I stated I admire the guy, all right? Even a little bit jealous of the guy, all right? And that was a classy statement. It did, uh, did, he did what he had to do. But, 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 I don't think Tom did all of that himself. Do you? I think God had a very big role, a very big role. And uh, I'm not questioning his faith. I'm just saying if there is faith, it would have been nice to hear a little bit of acknowledgement for the one who made all of those wonderful things that happen in your life possible. You know, this is a very complex, great big world. And I think even you know, Tom's achievement, that could go all the way into the life of some kid in Buenos Aires who drives his bike over to some guy's house to watch the game on TV. He can, God can, is in charge of it all. And I think nothing happens without God's permission. Yet, Tom is pretty savvy and has been for a long time. And he's been an employee for a long time. He's worked for other people, other men, for a very long time. And that can, that can weigh on you. That can wear, wear on you. And you certainly don't want to say anything that might upset the boss, right? And these days, you talk about religion. You talk about Jesus. Oh, boy, everybody gets a little bit nervous. Isn't that true? So, with that said, I'd like to thank God for everything he has done for me, the good and the bad. You know, he uh, definitely disciplined me along the way, and uh, that's okay. You discipline those you love, right? And I know God loves me, and I know I've let him down, and I know I've, uh, I'm sure I've, from time to time, made him proud, but I have stumbled a lot. Anyway, it's an awe-inspiring relationship, and it's available to each and every one of us in that, Charles, in the, in the Bible, period, in the Bible. Now, if you're like me and you're a little bit confused by the Bible, there's that Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible that gives you a little bit of a, a roadmap and some you know, explainers because some of the language is tough, but it's all beautiful. It all works. Uh, John in Whitestone, hello. 
Hey, Greg. Um, I think what most athletes or pretty much anyone on the planet should always say what Rush used to say, which was talent on loan from God. Now, to my original point uh, regarding Elon Omar, for 181 years, the House had a standing rule that there shall not be any hats or headwear or head coverings in the House. If Kevin McCarthy has a spine, he should re-implement that. Hey, John, you broke up. Can you hear me now? Hey, John, hello. You there? You want? Hello? You want? Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You want Kevin McCarthy to give Elon Omar a hard time because she's wearing that, uh, whatever you call it, the hijab, that that thing? You want her to I, what? No, for 181 years, the House had a standing rule. Uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, removed that rule to accommodate Elon Omar. Now Kevin has the opportunity to really stick it to this anti-American, anti-Semite. You know what? That 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 rule is not in the Constitution. That's a rule, and you can the rules are supposed to serve us. And uh, if that's part of her religious faith, she should be able to wear it. I don't care what the hell the rule says. The rule is not worth. uh, That rule should be changed. Hey, one of my very favorite people, um, David Schoen. He defended Donald Trump during those crazy impeachment hearings. He was the one of the lead defense attorneys, outside attorney. He was arguing for President Trump on the floor of the United States Senate. And people were making fun of him. You know why? Because he had a yarmulke on. He had a yarmulke on. Are we going to make the rule against that? You did say headwear. John, I'm not trying to say you're, you know, I know you're, I mean, you understand? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like it for Elon Omar. I don't like it for David Schoen. I don't like it for anybody. I'm sorry. That rule doesn't sound. That rule doesn't sound like a serious rule to me. Okay, it's just something I read um, recently regarding uh, the headwear in the house. No, I mean, I know, but so what? I mean, let's face it. Times change. I mean, somewhere it says. Yeah. Somewhere it says uh, they're probably supposed to be wearing a jacket. And what's his name? Jim Jordan never wears a jacket. So what? These things change. Fashions change, but faith is pretty sacred. And if that's according to her faith, she should be able to wear it. And Kevin McCarthy would be making a grave, grave mistake. And I don't think he's going to do anything like that, trying to enforce a, a, a rule like that. Obviously, time, you know, uh, John, I want you to think about that one seriously. Come on, right? You know, that that, I will, I will. that doesn't make sense anymore, right? I agree. I agree. Times do change, but for someone who really hates this nation— and does anything and everything to John, then we hold that we hold that against her, not her faith. We hold that against Elon herself. All right? She it doesn't represent anything else about Muslims or anything right? You got right? All right? So we gotta remember that. And uh that's not a law, that's a rule, and those things are revised and changed all the time. John, I appreciate it though, uh very much. Uh let's try Martha in Freehold, New Jersey. Martha, hello. Hi. <laughs> you there? What's so funny? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here with my husband. Um, I'm calling because I wanted to comment about um, something you had on your Newsmax show a couple nights ago, where yeah. you showed where Biden approached that woman reporter and he put his hand over hers. I know. Really weird, right? Top to feel. He was not wearing a wedding ring. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, no, I did not notice that. You say he was not wearing a wedding ring? Not wearing a wedding ring, and that was his left hand. All right. 
All right, well, here's the deal about wedding rings and older men. I happen to be wearing a wedding ring, but uh, men who got married in the 1960s and earlier, generally speaking, they don't wear wedding rings. Okay. It's it's a thing that came about, I believe, in the 70s. I know officially, you know, they would exchange rings, but the man who often um, worked, you know, industrial kind of manufacturing jobs in America— um, it was frowned upon to wear rings, factory work. And I'm pretty sure that's true. You'll see a lot of men, 70 and up, married, not wearing. Do we have any 70-year-olds within striking distance? But, um, for instance, my dad wears a wedding ring now. He was inspired by me because I'm wearing the wedding ring. and uh, But for a long time, I don't think he wore a wedding ring. Everybody knew he was married. Uh, forgive me, you know. I, so it's something. That's my sense. That's that's my sense. Um, I could follow up on that, but um, yeah. Look, there are a lot of things to not like about Joe Biden, but whether I mean, I'm not going to question what's going on in this marriage because of no wedding ring. I will, however, remind everybody that Jill was fooling around with Joe while she was married to a great guy named Bill Stevenson. Did you know that, Martha? Yes. I, we, uh, my husband and I, yeah, we, we, we are very familiar with the story. Yeah, so, yes. It's, it's pretty wild and pretty sad, too. Joe stole a man's wife. That's really, yes. you know, that's, that's, uh, look, things happen. Everything, anything could be forgiven. And it's just, uh, but, you know, and, and he was the hot shot senator at that point. He was a hot shot, you know, in a guy in a small state walking around, you know, all the privileges that come with that being a big fish in a small pond. It's a real turnoff. Thank you, Martha. Hey, let's try another one. We got, Oh, Ellie is in Mineola. Hi. Hi, Greg. Um, I just wanted to comment on uh, a piece that you had on your Newsmax show a couple of nights ago. Uh, you were showing Captain uh, Carnesha Mendoza at the J6 hearings. Yes. And Chief Chief uh, Sund was sitting along, you know, on the other side of her. Uh, from what I understand, uh, he was present, and he three days before the attack, he requested the assistance of the National Guard, and it was denied. He repeatedly, during during the attack, he requested the National Guard from the Pentagon, and it it was constant, it was outright stonewalled and, and denied. So um, he did end up testifying for six hours in front of that committee which I can't seem to find that video of him speaking. Maybe it's out there, but I haven't seen it. Um, but I, that's probably why they, they don't want that. They don't want anything to come out about the chief trying to get. No, he was questioned about that. Listen, I, I quite frankly, that guy did not meet the moment. He did not meet the moment. A bureaucratic uh, paper pusher, in my opinion. Um Excuse me. He's got some nerve to uh, come out with a book. I, I forgot what it's called. In the line of fire, or this line ball, or hold the line. Uh, that guy uh, totally failed on that day. And if you listen to the testimony, it's like, uh, did you have a plan for this? And everything was like, uh, we were working on that. Uh, did you hand out? Did, did all the officers have riot gear? Uh, we had sent a purchasing order for that. Sometimes, you know, like it was all in the works. So he was not a good manager. But back to my original point, it was kind of <laughs> kind of pathetic and hilarious that right after January 6th, the very first hearing, they don't hear from the, uh, the chief. They hear from Captain uh, Mendoza, a black woman who was not actually there when the violence started. Now, why? Well, 
they wanted to tug at the heartstrings. And there's no more effective way to do that than with female uh, females of color. And sometimes uh, sometimes white women, but the, the, the best recipe for true public opinion manipulation and responsibility dodging is hiding behind women of color. And that's what they were doing. Did I make that case effectively the other night you were watching the show? Um, it, 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 you did, but there was a little bit left hanging because I still didn't understand why, like, you know, what, I didn't understand the whole son's story. I just knew that he was trying, but I didn't know that background that you just told me about. I was glad that you filled me in on that. Uh, so. yeah. All right. I guess I should have. Hmm. All right. Well, fair point. My, my big point though, was about hiding behind, uh, Captain Mendoza. I mean, t- right. 200 people outrank her in the Capitol Hill police department. Could you imagine if there was something really bad and then the city council had hearings for the NYPD because the NYPD screwed up uh, and my dad was there. uh, But before he spoke, they grabbed some uh, some lieutenant to tell a sob story. You know, it speaks for like it just it would he would have been hiding behind that person. And that's not the way he rolls. Anyway, thank you very much, Ellie. And give me a moment. Thank you. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Man, I really made ways with this Nikki Haley thing. I got uh, half the political world talking about it. Seriously, I did this whole report, uh, a takedown of of her and uh, her prospects and uh, how duplicitous she's been and how unfair this is to Donald Trump. Now, I got some people out there saying, oh, no, 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 no. There's a there's a method to her madness. And this is all according to the plan. And it ultimately helps Donald Trump that she's running. Maybe it does. But I think she wants to be president. She desperately wants to be president. She believes her own hype, all that crap about I'm the beast of the Southeast. Uh, No, no, no. Oh, and another person lost their mind today on the House floor because Elon Omar gets kicked off of one committee. I mean, aren't people kicked off of committees all the time? I would imagine this is kind of a routine thing uh, in the House. They got 70,000 committees. What difference does it make? She gets kicked off a committee and it's a federal case. Why? Uh, because she's a woman of color, all right? It's a, and, and, and she chooses to make it a big deal. Uh, she says it's about race, it's about ethnicity, it's about sex, gender, it's about uh, all these things. Now, this is, uh, what's her friend's name? Rashid Tlaib, uh, who's another person who does not like Israel. Another person who's really nasty, Rashid Tlaib. Huh. She's all about, uh, you know, she wants to give money to the terrorists, actually. And Joe Biden kisses her rear end. That was disgraceful when he went up there to Michigan. Can I hear what she had to say, please? Censor Congresswoman Omar in the same week. They introduced a bill to ban federal employees from engaging in censorship. Where are the free speech warriors today? The hypocrisy is obvious to the American people. You are showing who you all are, really. All? The gentlewoman's time has expired. Omar will not be silenced. The gentlewoman's time has expired. To Omar, the I gentlewoman's am so sorry, time has expired. That our country is failing you today. The gentleman is no longer recognized, and the, the gentleman from Mississippi is recognized. Well, what happened? Are they escorting her out of the building? Are they taking? The, they've come to take her away. Ha ha. Uh, let's do very quickly, Ronnie. Hey, Greg, big fan here. Thanks. Listen, I listen to you every day. You're doing a great job. I'm going to re- 
I'm going to make your mind go at ease with Nikki Haley. She's there to help Trump. She's not there to hurt Trump. She's going to take votes away from DeSantis. Okay? She's friends with Ivanka. She's friends with Jared. She's a friend of the family. Trump will never talk bad about her, and she will never talk bad about Trump. She's going to be his partner. She'll be vice president. She's going to stick it out until DeSantis drops out. That's when she'll drop out. Really? You think so? Damn, I said a lot of nasty things about her in the past day. You think, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I got, She's there I got, to help Trump. I got, I, well, I, I know you guys play this 3D chess when it comes to politics. Um, me, I eat the pieces. I don't know what's going on, but uh, it sounds plausible. I stand by what I said, though. I don't think she should be doing this. Ronnie, it's an interesting point. Thank you. I got to wrap up things with Barbara. Barbara in Huntington, of course. Hello. Hi, Greg. You know, have you said anything about Nikki Haley that was not true? Uh, This is true. It was all truth. It was all truth. It was all true. Thank you. Therefore, you have every right to say it. And thank you for saying it, because we need that rounded perspective. And whatever chess game may be played here, if the truth can't be told... The game is not a good game, and the strategy is not a good strategy. So thank you for that. I watched that last night. And thank you today for pointing out, for example, this archivist, this government employee who questions the president leaving the office with his papers. What enables this man? Well, it's because he's part of the deep swamp in Washington, D.C., just like the employees at the museum, the Smithsonian Museum, who told the students last week that they must leave the museum because their hat was not neutral. They were wearing hats with a pro-life message. Pro-life is pro unbelievable. Barbara, I thank you. I'm sorry I'm out of time. I'll see you tonight. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.